Hi again, everybody. Stuart Gandalf, Healthcare Success. Welcome to another podcast. I have the pleasure of interviewing Ed Rafalski, the Chief Strategy and Marketing Officer at Baycare Health System. We are covering a talk he recently did at HCIC, Marketing Trends and Benchmarks for Health Systems. Welcome, Ed. Thanks for having me. Excited about this talk. And uh, we talked a little bit offline about you know the description of what you were talking about there. And of course, if you're a loyal reader and you're interested in HCIC, it's a terrific uh, conference. And so you can check it out online and check it out for next year. And so that's available to you. Ed, um, tell us what the big picture of your talk was. I think that's important to give our readers and listeners a context of what we'll be talking about today. Sure. So I, I think the healthcare industry is an evolution. Um, we've, we've learned and have been talking about consumerism for some time. But there's another shift occurring, and that's the what I call the merging of the insurance and, and provider spaces. And so there are a lot of systems that are contemplating or are offering provider-sponsored health plans, and health plans are buying providers. And so there's this convergence, if you will, of those two areas of the, the healthcare space. And so for marketers, the shift that has to occur is your understanding of how to operate in that new paradigm. And how knowing how you're succeeding and, and specifically which metrics you look at becomes much more important. So in my view, gone are the days of general brand awareness building. It's still important. It's one of those core disciplines. You have to know how to do it. But, but to me, the evolution is in the metrics side of engagement um, and creating lifetime value around the customer, whether you're insurer insure or provider. But that's, that's the shift in my view. Our loyal readers uh, will know uh, that we talk about the consumerism trends in healthcare, patient experience, consumerism in healthcare, high deductible insurance plans, um, and uh, the trends towards consolidation of health systems. But I don't think we've talked about, at least certainly recently, the um, convergence between the insurers and the um, health systems. Tell me about where we are, or where you are rather, in that uh, evolution of Baycare. Give us a sense of what's been happening and what will be happening. Yeah, so, so in our case, we, we've recently launched the first component of an insurance offering. So in October, um, we got into the Medicare Advantage space. And so as we're sitting here talking today, we have one, technically two days left of open enrollment in Medicare Advantage. And so that's the first uh, vertical, if you will, that we've gotten into um, and dipping our toe in the water in, in the insurance space. Um, so, so what's interesting about it is I think we're one of the first uh, in this part of the, the country to be doing it. Um, there are, I think, a couple of others that are either contemplating or beginning their work. But, but what's, what's, what I think the, the opportunity is and what we've learned is that, that as, as consumers are thinking about who they want to be involved with and work with to manage their health, it sort of makes an intuitive sense that why wouldn't you want your physician and your insurer to be working together to help you meet your objectives, particularly if you're a senior and aging in. Um, and, you know, I just sort of think about, um, you know, recently, and then maybe this is, you know, an apolitical statement on my view, but, but you look at uh, George Herbert Walker Bush and how long he lived. He lived to a ripe old age of 94, um, was you know relatively engaged in, in life and pursuits, uh, was probably a Medicare beneficiary, um, and, and was cared for by his family and, and had a long, fruitful life. How great would it be, you know, in terms of what we do to, to ensure that everybody lives to a ripe old age of 94 in the Medicare space? So in understanding how to do that, not just as a clinical enterprise, but also a member enterprise, I think is the opportunity for us. And I, I think as as we see more and more seniors aging into Medicare, I think it's an exciting time to be working in that space. 
Obviously, this is a strategic imperative. This is a big initiative for uh, BayCare or any uh, health system that wants to get into this space. Are you excited with the results so far? And do you feel optimistic about the future? Uh, and particularly in terms of, you know, the number of enrollees, not so much specifically, obviously, but just in general, but and also how the consumers are accepting this and understanding the offering because it's a new offering yeah. for them. That's right. So, so yes, we're very satisfied, I think, is the quick answer. We've actually hit already hit our objective in terms of what we were projecting for enrollment with two days left. So we're very excited about that. You know, there were a lot of unknowns in, in how we were approaching it. So to us, uh, we're really happy um, with the first first wave. You know, in terms of the, the deeper insights, though, so enrollment's one thing, but the deeper insights is kind of getting to know now who those people are. That's the evolution of the health plan work. Um, we're not going to know who they are until they encounter with us. And so next year is going to be about gaining deep insights into their behavior and understanding how they're interacting with our system. What, what's been interesting in the enrollment process is we used all of the traditional brand strategies that you would use in any product offering, whether it's whether it's you know diet soda or an automobile or whatever. You're using the same discipline around creating a brand concept and a, and a loyalty. As a provider getting into the insurance space, what we were able to do was leverage the brand equity we had built and the value we had built with consumers. And then we're able to leverage that in the offering of a new product. And the new product is a separate company with separate rules and regulations, but we were able to, to leverage the brand strategy on the provider side and in uh, into the insurance space. And that has paid some dividends in terms of when, we, when we've asked why people chose us, we know that that's part of why they chose us. Part of your talk on the agenda was about brand metrics. And from reading the description, you mentioned you know some of the classic brand metrics may or may not really apply. Can you expand upon that a little bit for us? We all learn this uh, depending on where we went to school and what we studied, um, you know, traditional uh, Metrics like awareness, both aided and unaided, uh, brand equity, those measures are all still important. Um, but as we transition, this notion of creating lifetime value with the consumer and, and understanding how they view you over the course of their lifetime, I think is becoming a new area of opportunity for particularly healthcare executives as they think about the relationship with the consumer. Then the second piece of that is the cost to acquire. So, so understanding by vertical the cost of acquisition and then understanding the lifetime value of that cost of acquisition is, I think, where we're going. And that's, that's, lot, that's the work we're doing now and trying to get a better handle on what that looks like. And the reason for that is as we move from a fee-for-service to a value structure and the way we're reimbursed. So in, in the fee-for-service world, we're paid for every click or, or paid for every touch. In the value world, we're, we're, we're focused on creating a most, the most efficient healthcare offering while maintaining health of the member. That may not be more clicks and more touches. So it's, sort of, it, it's, it's a different paradigm. And so what's important is you need a new set of metrics to be able to talk about that new paradigm. And that's where lifetime value and, and behavior over the course of the life of the consumer becomes even more important. It works in both spaces. But I think the value world is where this is going to be most beneficial. There's a lot of metrics there to define. Have there been any challenges to define what life, I'm assuming there are, to define what lifetime value is? There's a lot of data points there. How do you make that into sort of a comprehensible model for you to act upon? 
what's what's beautiful about the Medicare Advantage space is it's kind of straightforward. It's your monthly premium premium times members times 12 months. You know, your value calculation is pretty straightforward math. And so the challenge, of course, is getting executives, particularly in the finance space, to understand why LTV is a better measure than other measures we've traditionally used. Um, using the insurance space to, to, to do the education has been actually pretty straightforward because, like I said, the math is easy on the revenue side. And you mm-hmm. add to that number of members, the monthly premium times number of months, and then you add to that turnover, so acquisition and, and disenrollment, so enrollment and disenrollment, you can then model over the life of the product you know, what the value of a member is to the company, assuming a certain retention rate and a certain enrollment rate, then, you know, that becomes sort of your top line. And then you begin to do a deeper dive on the marketing side saying, well, what did it, what did it cost me to acquire that member? Which medium was the most effective medium by market segment? And we've gleaned a lot of insights. We, we sort of knew, you know, in, in our gut what was going to be the most effective, but we have some pretty granular insights now in terms of how we're going to allocate our dollars in year two based on year one performance. And that, that's been the insight, but it's a great way to sort of educate the C-suite uh, on what this concept is. And you use that to then educate them on the provider side and doing the same sort of math and calculation on the provider side of the business. And, and so you can pick, like for example, we can pick OB and obstetrics, and you can think about the mom who has her first baby delivered in your organization. So traditionally, marketers have said, well, what's the value of that delivery? What's my contribution margin? And how many deliveries am I doing? And if I grow my deliveries, I'm having success in the OB service line. Lifetime value says, yeah, but what about the kids choosing or parents choosing on behalf of the kids a pediatrician aligned with your organization, and did we care for them for 18 years? And then after that 18-year period, they pick a, an adult family practice or internal medicine physician and continue using us. And as they aged in, did they continue using us for their more chronic diseases like hypertension, obesity, diabetes? So then you begin to sort of paint a picture saying it's not just about the delivery, it's about that consumer's interaction with you and that family unit's interaction with you over time. That's a different way of thinking about where we focus our energy. OB is such an important strategic service line from that standpoint because you kind of have them for life, hopefully. That's the goal, um, sure. One of the things you mentioned or talked about in your talk is attribution, and that's one of the topics these days in marketing because, you know, we always talk about, you know, last-click attribution if we're online, and, we you know, people know that's not really accurate. And particularly with something like BayCare Health where you guys are everywhere, uh, there's lots of uh, brand exposures people have. Were there challenges with br- uh, proper attribution through your marketing pro- uh, campaign that you just got through completing? Or no, was it no we actually, I'm, I'm actually pretty, pretty satisfied with the way we attribute activity. So one way, so at the high, high level, are they same store than new store? In other words, is it someone that's got a history with you or not? If they don't, the attribution is pretty straightforward. Where do they first have that encounter with you? So just to think about the continuum, and I'll pick one in particular. So if you think about emergent care, so the continuum of offerings is, you know, the emergency room in some markets where we're so deregulated that there's no control, freestanding ERs, urgent care, primary care, and then telehealth. And regardless, so let's talk about the new member. If the new member touches you, let's say, for the first time, in your urgent care offering, 
it's very easy from a math calculation and attribution perspective to say, I'm attributing that, that lead, that acquisition to our urgent care offering. We know what it took us to get them there because we know we're investing in promoting urgent care. And I can look at downstream activity and say, okay, they had an urgent care encounter with me in January during flu season, but then we saw them again in our primary care office when they chose one of our primary care physician, physicians for their ongoing care. That, that kind of attribution model works really cleanly in my view because you say, are they new or are they not? If they're new, where'd they first touch you? And then once you, you see that, you follow them prospectively. It gets a little messier in terms of existing patients. And what we've decided to do is just use a time calculation. So you pick you know, a, a window of time, let's say it's three years, and you say, where did they first touch me um, three years ago in that window? And then you follow them prospectively there. So that's one way to do it. There's no right way. That's just a way. The Medicare Advantage uh, space, which just, you know, wrapping up, and certainly that space has become extremely crowded, uh, particularly in Florida. Um, and traditionally, there's, you know, there's community events, there's mailings, there's uh, digital television, all kinds of things. Anything that you feel comfortable sharing with our audience that you feel is a trend for this kind of enrollment and going forward? Yeah, uh, since we're entering bowl season, I'll use a football analogy. My wife okay. went to sure. Oklahoma or Boomer <laughs> Sooner. Um, yep. But but um, the playbook you, you go into the game with, um, if you're a good coach and you're a good team and it's not working out in the first half, you change your plays and your playbook. We went yep. into our Medicare Advantage plan with a strategy and a, and a game plan. And what we learned you know, a few weeks in it was that the game plan wasn't necessarily playing out the way we thought it was, and so we made some adjustments. Um, and we, we've been successful in adjusting. So I guess the advice I would give is have your game plan sketched out, know exactly what you're going to do, but also be aware that what you think might happen may not actually occur, and you need to make some, some halftime adjustments. That's important. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you make some assumptions about what the broker community would deliver for you in the enrollment period, what digital will deliver, what direct mail will deliver, what traditional media will deliver. And then you, you learn from that and then you make adjustments. And so on the metrics side, having really clean lead generation data that, that can tie back to how the member made the choice is critical. That's my mm -hmm. insight, if you will. The better you are at that, the more effective you will be in subsequent years in, in generating enrollment growth. That, that I think, is, yep. is the lesson. Some of the open enrollments our firm is involved with right now, the, uh, you have to be very facile. Um, you, do. you don't have much of a window. <laughs> so I think no, it closes fast. That's the thing. Yeah, it's absolutely true. You don't have a lot of lead time or you know time within which you can adjust. And if you need to adjust, you have to do it quickly. In our case, we have a daily dashboard that comes across our desk, and we're making real-time decisions about adjusting what we're doing. We have a Obamacare going on, which is even shorter, so yeah, right, uh, right. 45 days. So that's really high intensity of, of being on top of it. So that's great. Sounds like you guys have a good handle on your uh, database, which is terrific. That's such an important thing. Otherwise, you're kind of driving blind through the snow, um, being able to get uh, the proper tracking and the proper data and pulling it together in real time. You guys must have done a lot of planning. So congratulations yeah, I, to you on that. Thank you. Yeah, having a strong EDW strategy and platform is critical. So you must have had some surprises from some of the data, some of the testing. What kinds of surprises did you face? I was surprised just how much the brand would play. Um, I knew it was going to have an impact. 
but the brand equity you build really does pay dividends. And so I guess I guess that I knew it was going to be true, but I, it's more true than I thought it was going to be. Um, so that's been one of the pleasant surprises um, in terms of you know the assumptions we had and then how it played out. Um, so that specifically in the Medicare Advantage space, that's been one of our one of our lessons learned. Are you planning on expanding beyond Medicare Advantage as you go forward? Is it um, just to a broader, or is it going to stay with the Medicare Advantage for a while? Now we're thinking about it. What we are going to do next year is begin the contemplation for Medicaid provider-sponsored, and so that's going to be a contemplation for us next year. And, of course, we continue to debate internally whether we want to do something in the commercial space, but that hasn't been decided yet. Any uh, other key points you'd like our listeners to walk away with? Stay hungry in terms of your understanding of metrics and what's going on in the marketing space in general. Um, because of all the, the the evolution and merging of verticals, like I said at the, at the beginning of our talk, insurance and providers coming together, whether it's on the insurance side, acquiring providers or providers getting at the insurance space, just getting smart on, you know, if you're not familiar with provider data, get get familiar quickly. And if you're not familiar with insurance data, do the same. Because I think over time, we're going to see a blending of, of those two industries. And then on top of that, you add, you know, Atul Gawande and his work with Amazon and where that's going to go. Um, this notion of membership and loyalty. Um, you know, I read an article recently, you know, what's Amazon Prime for healthcare going to look like? And, you know, that's a new, that's a new brave new world. So it's exciting. And I guess the last point I would say, it's an exciting time in healthcare. And if you're not in the space and you're looking for a challenging career, it's a great time to get in. It sure is. I was just thinking as you were talking about that, when I first got involved in healthcare for the first 10 years of it, or 15 years of it, it was really sort of a sleepy industry. There were changes, but it always seemed to lag everything. And now there's just explosive changes everywhere. You mentioned emergent care earlier. On the urgent care side with um, you know CityMDs, we recently talked to their CEO here on uh, this podcast, talking about so many locations or uh, the CVS uh, uh, acquisition recently. Uh, these uh-huh. are big, big changes in the marketplace, and um, they are changing the entire. This is um, kind of overwhelming in a way because <laughs> really it's very difficult. And then on top of that, I had a discussion yesterday about the various technological tools in the healthcare marketing space, and those are changing every year. So there's a lot of, lot of change. Ed, thank you so much for uh, participating. It was terrific. I, I learned a lot. We had uh, it was very um, stimulating and compelling content. So thank you. Enjoyed it. Thank you for the chance. <laughs>